Welcome to Hospitality Forward. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency specialized in hospitality and travel. We love storytelling and building national and global brands for spirits, cocktail bars, restaurants, hotels, and destinations. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. This podcast is for hospitality and travel professionals who want to learn how to earn the media spotlight. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its positive impact on someone's career and business. That's why we're undertaking this Giving Back to the Community initiative. So tune in every week to hear us interview top journalists who share their insights and tips. Hannah and I are also the authors and producers of our agency's first book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, which is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores nationwide. Actually, it was just rated the best book of 2021 by Barnes & Noble. Each week, we give away a copy of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail to our listeners, so please share a pitching tip you found most interesting from our episode and email us at info at hanaleecommunications.com. That's I-N-F-O at H-A-N-N-A-L-E-E communications with an S dot com. And remember to have hospitality forward in the subject line for a chance to win a book. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Emily Saladino, Associate Managing Editor of Wine Enthusiast. Previously, Emily was Editor-in-Chief of Vine Pair and worked at Tasting Table. She's also covered food, beverage, travel, and culture for Bloomberg, BBC, Bon Appetit, Travel and Leisure, and others. A graduate of the International Culinary Center, Emily has worked as a recipe tester, an editor at Google, a bartender, and a line cook. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. So great to see you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. You've had a very fascinating career. You uh, graduated from the International Culinary Center. Then you worked as a recipe tester, an editor at Google, a bartender, and a line cook. For our listeners, can you tell us how you first began in journalism and how your diverse work experience helped you to be a better writer? Absolutely. Um, I did. I came at food and beverage kind of from all sides. I didn't know anyone in journalism, and so I I thought I should get some on-the-ground experience. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a writer and editor, um, but quite honestly, didn't know how to get there. Um, So I've always been really enthusiastic about cooking and food, and so I went to culinary school um, with the mission not necessarily of being a restaurant chef, but um, although I did do that during my <laughs> during my work <laughs> working days, um, I I knew that I wanted to be able to do um, writing and testing um, and developing of recipes, which it isn't a prereq to have a culinary degree, but it's a little difficult without one. Um, it gives you just a very technical basis upon which to approach recipes. Um, so I did that. I worked in in restaurants as you said. Um, I bartended for years, um, which I 
I think is a great life experience, regardless of what your next path is. Um, you know, whether you're a lifelong hospitality professional or you're someone who, you know, one day wants to be a lawyer, um, I think bartending um, gives you just a, a really great sort of real life education. I would recommend it to anyone in any career um, at any point of their career. <laughs> um, because as I said, I just, I think it, it, it connects you to, um, to different types of people. You interact with so many people along the way. Um, and I was, I wanted to just be really, really upfront. I was no mixologist. I was a really, <laughs> I was a really base level, I don't know, an entry level bartender. Um, but it was for me, it was really useful in kind of seeing how much I, I did like um, hospitality. I liked working with people um, and, and getting to know people in that way. Um, and just finding ways to make everyone's night the best night um, was it's always something that I, I love. Um, so yes, through doing all of these different things, I, I got some sort of boots on the ground experience. Um, and it helped me pitch stories that I think found homes better than I, I might have been able to pitch stories without that real world, real life food and beverage experience. Um, so through that, I, I pitched around a lot. I from a story that I had freelanced um, that Zagat published, I wound up working for Google for about a little less than two years, um, working with their food and beverage products. Um, they kind of had this, this travel concept um, with Google Maps that I worked on for the time I was there. Um, and then from there, I went to um, Tasting Table for a bit, then to Vine Pair, and now here. So I always tell people that there's no one way to get into journalism. You know, I know there's folks who they go to college and then they go to grad school and then they, you know, work at newspapers. Um, that wasn't my path. Um, I don't know that there's one, there's one way that's, that's best. I think whatever you do, um, there's never it's never too late to start writing. Um, one of the things that I really value about working as an editor is the chance to work with first-time authors. Um, so people who have not contributed um, to any publications before, maybe they've always thought about it. Um, as I said, there's not there's not a right or wrong way, whatever way you make it. Yeah, so you're there for mentoring new writers. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. So we, we've been fans of all things wine enthusiasts for many, many years, including the magazine, the website, the podcast. So what would you say sets wine enthusiasts apart from other media outlets, from its audience to the kinds of topics that it covers, et cetera? Oh, the expertise is wild. As someone who doesn't come from a strictly wine background, I am humbled by it daily. Just the, the sort of encyclopedic knowledge of beverage is unlike anything. I, I didn't know it was even possible. Um, you know, just some of the folks I work with have um, experienced wine in particular from so many sides, as well as beer and spirits. And that to me is, is a, a real differentiator, um, that like devotion to craft and to the space that you cover. 100%. Now let's talk about you. As associate managing editor, what's your daily routine look like? I wish, I'm sure like most of us in media, I don't have like a, a typical day to day. I wish I were like between the hours of nine and 11, I answer emails. Uh, but no, it's, it's so bananas, you know, all day. Um, I work with the team um, in digital editorial, because I work more on the digital side, we collab with the print editorial team. I also work extremely closely with the social media, the art, and the tasting teams. Um, so already, that's all of these different departments. Um, Wine Enthusiast has a commercial arm as well. They um, We also sell 
refrigerators, coolers, storage units, things like that. So then there are times when I'm talking to the commerce team about like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're doing a photo shoot at this time. When can we schedule? You know, so there's all sorts of interdepartmental um, stuff that goes on in Wine Enthusiasts. And then on top of that, I am reading pitches from writers that come in mostly via email. Um, I'm, I'm on social media looking for new stories. I'm on social media promoting existing stories um, and, you know, kind of connecting and trying to hear what people are talking about there. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, we also physically produce a website all day, every day. So there's there's that uh, digital production element of it as well. Um, all of those things go into it. I feel extremely grateful to have a very dynamic day to day. Um, there are times when I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if I could carve out like two hours to not be on Slack or something? But I don't know that that would ever be be possible in the sort of collaborative work that I do. Um, I, I don't know. I wish I could tell you also like between four and five is when I edit. There isn't really a set time, um, but I try to find time to, to do all of these things. You're, you're a skilled juggler. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we all are these days. I think it's just digital media. Be. Yeah, right. And I think, you know what, these days, more like uh, you can't be a specialist. You have to be the generalist. Mm -hmm. You have to do everything, you know, to make yourself a rounded person. So. Oh, thank you. So circling back to your past experience, you uh, walked us through some of your freelance gigs and staff positions. So what are the different skill sets that you learned along the way? Um, I think story development is something that it took me a while. It kind of, I had to learn by doing. Um, and so that might mean that I, I might see a trend or have a concept in mind, or I might have sort of like this big picture question that I'm mulling over. Um, but how to turn an idea into a pitch, into a story is the development of that for me. And um, that took me a little bit, I would say that took me a while to kind of sort out that process um, in a more, you know, in a sort of less cerebral way. Um, just the, the nuts and bolts of basic social media, I think I had to learn along the way. I have no marketing background, but I, I, I feel like just by doing it and by spending a lot of time on it. Um, so yeah, those are, those are sort of, that's like a very, nuts and bolts skill as well as one that I think is like a little bit more um, ephemeral. Uh, but both of those things, I just, um, I'm a big fan of, you just got to try, um, you just got to put yourself out there. Speaking of social media, what platforms do you find most effective uh, in terms of sharing your articles or seeking inspiration? For inspiration, I am... I wish I were less addicted to Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just can't quit it because I, I do find it very useful. Not only do I hear conversations that I might not have otherwise, you know, it, it does enable you to to broaden your circle in a lot of ways um, that I find very valuable. Um, but it also connects me to to writers or prospective writers. Um, some of the folks who I now work with quite regularly, I just came across them in Twitter conversations, or they just tweeted something that I thought was really compelling. Um, and going back to that story development thing, saying like, okay, that's a that's a short sentence, a total stranger just threw out onto the internet. But like, I think there's a story there, you know, and that, that's something that I, as I said, I just, I can't quit it. I can't find a better, a better resource for that. Um, in terms of promoting articles, like sharing stories that have been published, um, I work in digital, so just from an analytics side, 
LinkedIn and Facebook are the ones that drive the most traffic. Um, um, but I also, I really like LinkedIn um, in that way. I feel like LinkedIn has kind of like moved into Facebook-esque territory for me where it, it is, right? It's really interesting. Yeah, we love LinkedIn. I, that's my favorite uh, social media channel. And it's used to be very serious business-related story sharing. Yes. But now I see a lot more people sharing their personal side of their, you know, life and business life because I think LinkedIn becoming more more human. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, work life is personal life for many entrepreneurs like ourselves. But no, it is really funny, right? I, I like what you said about um, the, the blurring of um, personal and professional. It, it That's kind of what for me social is. I um, I feel like there's a lot of that in our field as well, where it's um, probably in every field, I should say, where, you know, you, that is kind of how you, um, you connect with people, you meet people. So that's also how I package myself. That sounds so dirty, but you know how I position myself in the world. Um, but it, you know, it is, it's a, it's an advertisement in a way for like my work, for what, you know, any of us want to be hired for. Speaking of LinkedIn, for our listeners, we'd like to recommend their podcast called This Is Working by Daniel Roth. He's LinkedIn's editor-in-chief and interviews some amazing folks. And it's a great episode every time. Very inspiring. So This Is Working podcast. Tune in, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's such a hot tip. I'm always looking for new podcasts. Thank you. There you go. Oh, you, you'll love that. So enjoy. Thank you. So you recently wrote an article about bartenders who feel strongly about peelers for citrus and vegetables. As a bartender yourself, years behind the stick, do you have a personal preference? I am team Y-shaped peeler all the way. Um, I find straight peelers, the ones that look like pens, I just, I find it very unwieldy. Um, but I really liked one of the, the, the folks I interviewed in that story is uh, Camille Wilson, who has the Instagram handle, the cocktail snob. She was like, as a home bartender, I prefer a straight peeler to just what I'm used to. And I thought that was a really like, smart point. It's so personal, you know, I think tools in general, it's just what you, you are comfortable with and it has to feel right in your hand. How do you find topics to write about in general? Everywhere. Um, I'm looking for stories. Sometimes it comes out of um, talented PR professionals like yourself. Sometimes it comes from conversations with colleagues. Sometimes it comes from, you know, I, I remember during the, the early days of the pandemic, there were considerably worse hardships. But one thing that I remember thinking was was a, a direct impact on the, the sort of workflow is many times just going out, you'll you'll wind up talking to someone, you know, you're you're standing next to someone in line for a bathroom or you're you're both waiting to like go to the post office, you know, just not necessarily glamorous times. Um you'll you'll have conversations with people and it 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 often to for me, um it awakens ideas or or really cool stories have come out of those those one-off conversations um and so that's that's that it's everywhere like sometimes it's twitter and i'll see people having a heated debate about peelers which is where that particular one came from and then so yeah and then sometimes you know it's it's a real life chat with like the mail carrier who i i've talked to quite a bit about like bags right <laughs> like what the right shoulder bag is versus backpack that kind of thing yeah so it just did um it could kind of come from anywhere Gotcha. So in your article, you often quote a lot of great bartenders. So what's the best way for our bartender friends to get on your radar? Oh my gosh, I'm always excited to meet virtually or IRL new sources, new people in the field. It is 
such a such a pleasure. Um, so email is great. I'm always happy, you know, if, if you're if you're listening and you're like, oh, I I've got thoughts about bartending tools and I've got thoughts about cocktails and or if you maybe would like to to contribute to wine enthusiast one day I'm always eager um to to meet folks in the field so don't hesitate to drop a line forgive me if I don't get back right away sometimes my inbox gets the better of me but also don't never hesitate to to follow up that's something when I was freelancing I always felt very I don't know inhibited about and people just lose track we all have so many emails coming our way people lose track uh, really appreciate you being flexible with the follow-ups because you know sometimes we don't feel like maybe we shouldn't bother but then I know you get thousands of emails every day so you know I feel like we should get in touch with her to just just follow up you know so I'm, I'm happy that you don't mind getting follow-up emails no never for our listeners who might who might not know you or have you know a working relationship what are some good icebreakers or just, you know, ways to initiate? Should they come at you with a full pitch or should they just say, hi, I just want to introduce myself. This is what I do. What's what's your preference? Either is great. If you are listening and you, you would like to be considered as a source for a story, don't hesitate to just get in touch. You can link to your socials. You can link to your LinkedIn page or you can just say like, I'm Emily Saladino. I'm a writer based in New York. I'd, I'd love to be considered to work together in the future. If you ever have any needs, don't hesitate to drop a line. Um, if you are looking to pitch a story, I always stress that you don't need to have written the whole thing if you're pitching a story. Um, I don't know where that myth comes out, but it, it's out there in the world because often people will send me a, a short intro and then they'll be like, the piece is below. Let me know if you want to run it. Um, I'm a big fan of not doing unpaid labor, so please don't do that. Um, if you've got a story written, I'm, I'm happy to consider it, but I, I never want folks to feel like they have to in order to pitch. Um, a pitch can be like three to five lines about what the concept is, and then one to two sentences about who you are and why you think you're the right person to write it. Um, so you can keep it short um, and you can say, you know, I heard you on this podcast and you were encouraging pitches, or you can just say like, I have a story idea for wine enthusiast. Um, pitching is such a hard thing because you're, you're putting this part of yourself out there. It feels very personal to me. Absolutely. But can you imagine, I mean, if you think trained PR professional like ourselves find it hard, can you imagine the rest of the world who don't have a PR agency and this show is for them? So the tips that you are sharing and making it, you know, short and sweet and doesn't have to be perfect, long pitches is really giving our listeners a confidence because they know that they don't have to be trained PR professional to be able to pitch you. So thank you so much for your tips. Thank you. Thank you. Since we are talking about pitching, can you share top three secrets on how our listeners can be potentially be part of your story? Some do's and don'ts, maybe? Sure, sure. Um, a do is to definitely go via email. Um, a, re a related don't is I, I'm, I'm not great at checking like DMs on any social platform. And honestly, I get them all, I get it all jumbled. Like I'll be like, where did I see that? So, it's, um, so definitely email and related um, don't is don't uh, social DM, please. Um, but I think another do, and this is a this is a real like twenty first century media thing, is um, photography is is huge 
for, for individuals. If you can either, like, even if you, you, you aren't going to invest in professional headshots, which like who is anymore, you get a friend and some nice lighting and, you know, take, take some quality photos of yourself. Um, if you're a bartender and you can get people to, to take photos of you making drinks in, in a way that feels very natural to you and to your personality. Um, I think it's, it's invaluable. I, I wish it weren't true. I wish we, we weren't all um, visual products, but I kind of think we're all visual at this point. Only, only getting more so. Right. So you also frequently write about wine and uh, we really enjoyed your article on investing in a fancy corkscrew. You had great tips from wine pros. So how do you choose the wine pros for your pieces? Um, anytime I'm writing a service piece um, in particular, I want to try to get a, a diversity of voices. And so that, that can mean racial and ethnic diversity, but I also mean in terms of geographic diversity. If it's if I'm interviewing Psalms, I want them to be Psalms from across the US and I want them to work in a variety of types of businesses. So not all fine dining and not all like super trendy wine bars, but some chain restaurant, you know, I want there to be some sort of diversity in there as well. Um, so for example, like in that story, I, I want, I knew I wanted someone who was a, a service professional, someone who worked in restaurants, but I also knew I needed someone who was just a, a wine enthusiast. That was important to me for that particular story. Um, that's a hard thing, I think, as a listener, because you have really no way of knowing who else I've already talked to, but that's all the more reason to just cold introduce yourself, um, even if something's not a fit. For, for something, for, if someone's rather not a fit for something I'm working on at that moment. Like most of us, I have an extremely complex system of filing emails that I would, I'll always go back at a later time. We wanted to thank you for including our clients in your recent wine book recommendations article. Um, Aaron Thompson from Knoxville. Yes. You know, you talk about the, you know, geographical diversity. Thank you so much for spotlighting Aaron from, you know, Brother Wolf and Osteria Stella. We really appreciate you took the time to get to know them. And then also Jenny Crank from you know, Mirabeau wine from Provence. I mean, they are far, far, far away, but then they had this very devastating fire several months ago. So this type of spotlight, it was so uplifting for them. So we thank you on behalf of them. That's so lovely to hear. I mean, thank you to to you for connecting me with them and to, to Jenny and Aaron for their time. You know, we're we're all busy. There are times when I'm like, hey, can I bug you to tell me about something I happen to be writing about? You know, I always joke that the problem with the digital age is whatever we're working on in that moment is so important, but that's not what everyone else is working on in that moment. So there are times when I feel like I'm really opposing. So um, I am always, always grateful to, to sources who take the time to, to share their picks with me. In coming months, what type of story will you be working on? And can we get some scoop for our listeners around the globe? Hint, hint, hint. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, something that I'm super excited about for 2022 that's coming down the pipeline is um, in the past, Wine Enthusiast has had an issue um, that, is, that runs in the springtime that has been a print issue that's devoted to culture in some capacity. So last year, it was the issue that had LeBron James on the cover, and we looked at the ways that wine is um, translated into sports, into um, museum art, into street art, um, that kind of thing. And this year we've decided to take it in a different direction um, and look at the intersection of the wellness space with drinks culture. I have, 
a real knee-jerk reaction when I, I get a lot of um, pitches about, you know, better for you drinks, and this is actually a healthy choice. And I'm like, well, alcohol is always a toxin, <laughs> you know, like, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Um, and so what we're doing with this issue is is just kind of looking at that that eternal intersection. There's always been um, this this really fascinating desire, I think, on behalf of humans to 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 find a way to sort of like make our make our guilty pleasures a guilty pleasure as opposed to just saying like i want to eat a piece of chocolate cake i want to have a glass of wine like why do we have to be like it's heart healthy it's dark chocolate so it's also heart healthy you know i think it's a it's a really fascinating um element of the human condition um and so in this in this issue where we're actually looking at all of the ways that sort of health culture and wine culture intersect and, and coexist and do and don't complement each other. Um, and that's the first time we'll be doing this. We'll be um, commissioning stories on this topic, on these topics. And it's something that I see a lot happening, you know, with the, um, the quote unquote clean wine was a, a big talking point um, over the last two years. Um, a health halo exists in food as well as beverage. Um, so sort of, I don't know, unpacking that a little bit is exciting to me. And uh, we call our podcast Hospitality Forward because we're very optimistic about our industry. So what organization or person have you seen recently innovating and moving hospitality and travel forward? There is this, um, there's so many great organizations, but there is this one in Yonkers where I live that I do want to shout out and it's called Greystone Bakery. Um, what they do is they hire, um, they have a no background check rules. And so a lot of formerly incarcerated folks, um, a lot of people who um, maybe didn't have a direct path to work in food and beverage, um, much in the way that I consider myself to have not had a direct path to, to work in journalism, um, are hired by Greystone. And it's just, it's, they make these brownies and wadis that are individually packaged. A lot of folks gave them away for Halloween, uh, but they're really high quality baked goods. And it's just, it's a mission that I really believe in. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I do want to give Greystone a, a shout out. Oh my God, I can't wait to visit them. But also, that's an interesting hiring process. No background check, giving some certain types of people an opportunity. That's a yeah, second chance. That's right, fascinating. Right. Yeah, who among us wouldn't benefit from, you know, not being judged by mistakes of our past? That's, that's a great tip. And now it's time for a fun and tasty question What is your favorite drink? And if you could choose one person, who would you share this drink with and why? My favorite cocktail is a martini. It is in the style of my former Vine Pair co-worker, Tim McCurdy, who used to make a drink that he calls the McCurtini. And it is a very sort of fairly balanced um, vermouth to, to gin martini, but it has a couple of bitters and a twist with it. And it's to me, it's the perfect dry martini. Um, who would I share it with? I mean, there's, there's two ways to go with this for me. Historical, like, fantasy world where I'm drinking with whomever, um, I would love to have a drink with James Baldwin. That just would be, I would, I, that guy would be such a blast. <laughs> He's smarter than anyone who's, who's ever lived. You know, that's like my, uh, my historical dream drinking buddy. Um, and IRL, I mean, this is a, this is a corny answer, but my partner, you know, he's who I often share cocktails with and he's, you know, the, the best drinking buddy I have. As uh, international travel resumes, what's your next dream destination? And why? 
Yes, yes, I would. I have never been to India and it's such a, it's a huge, huge destination. And so I've always been like, who can carve out the, like, maybe I have to carve out multiple weeks to go, or I need to do just parts of the, the country at a time. But uh, that's my number one. It's always kind of been a, a bucket list, I guess is the term, but that's my number one. Like when, when I'm ready to, when we're all ready to travel again, that's where I want to go. India is one of my favorite destinations oh. and i recommend you go to mumbai new delhi everywhere just food the people everything about india is absolutely beautiful cannot wait before we wrap up uh, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you I would love to hear from your listeners and um, email is the best. So it's E Saladino, first initial, last name, um, E S like Sam, A L A D like dog, I N O, at wine enthusiast, all one word, dot net. All right. And no DM <laughs> on social media, please. Everyone who's listening to this episode, no DM. Only email. And when you write an email to Emily, please write hospitality forward podcast on the subject line. Love it. I love it. Well, this has been a real treat. Thank you again for your time. So nice to see you and speak with you. And hopefully we'll see you very soon again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That was a tasty conversation with a lot of food and drink for thought. Now that you know what Emily is looking for, please feel free to reach out to her and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard her on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline, so please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues who you think would benefit from the tips our journalist friends share on our show. See you next week. Until then... Join us as we move hospitality forward together.